This is the Apex United Methodist Church podcast. Good morning. I'm Sheila Ayler, one of the pastors here at Apex United Methodist, and I am delighted to be in worship with you on this first Sunday of a new year. Would you pray with me? Lord, I ask that you hear the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart and that you find them both acceptable and pleasing in your sight. In Christ's name, amen. I have a bone to pick with the entertainment media. The Hallmark Channel started running Christmas movies in October. We didn't even make it to Halloween, much less Thanksgiving, and the movies began. But that didn't really bother me. Christmas music started on the radio stations well before Thanksgiving, and with all the thousands of Christmas songs and Christmas carols, it seems that they pick the same song by the same artist with the same versions over and over again every year. It seems like they're just on a loop. Now, I'm a really old-time Christmas music gal. I love Bing Crosby's White Christmas. And I think that the original Eartha Kitt Santa Baby is the best ever. And who can argue with the Mormon Tabernacle Choir doing the Hallelujah Chorus? It doesn't get much better than that. So I didn't really have much of a problem with early Christmas music, especially this year and the year of COVID. It seemed like the early movies and the early music actually gave us a little glimpse of what's to come. A little bit of joy that's out there that's awaiting us. A little reminder that some things in the world are still normal and still good and still joyful. But as Christmas winds down, there's really not much music left once we get into the first of the year, other than you hear old Anxine played a lot. And I guess that's my real problem with the music media. You see, even with our hymns, We Three Kings, which we heard just a few minutes ago, that's one of the only well-known traditional songs that take us from the birth narrative of Jesus into the rest of the story. Now, we like to include the wise men in our Christmas story, We put them in every Christmas pageant. We put them on our Christmas cards. We even put them in our nativity displays. We always want those three gifts. We want those fancy costumes, and we want those big, hairy camels, and everything that we do to complete the Christmas picture. But we all know those three guys really were not at the stable on the night that Christ was born. There were shepherds there. They were in the field. And the angel had been there as well. But when it got to the stable that night, it was Mary and Joseph, newborn baby, some raggedy shepherds and some barn animals, and a very quiet, peaceful night. You see, those three wise men, the Magi, they were on the way to the stable. But they didn't arrive until, traditionally, we say 12 days later. 
that's where we get the song, The Twelve Days of Christmas, from Christmas Day until uh, January the 6th, which is Epiphany, which we celebrate today. We in the Western world celebrate this because the Magi were from the East. That means they were Gentiles. And that is what's so wonderful about their journey to worship the baby Jesus. It's the first evidence that Christ, who was the Jewish Messiah, actually came to bring salvation to everyone, even the Gentiles. So this lack of music to commemorate this momentous event has always bugged me until 1988. And that's when our homegrown guy, North Carolina's own James Taylor, wrote a lovely ballad that does just that. It moves us from the Jesus birth narrative into the rest of the story. He tells the story that Jason Purdy just read for us um, in Scripture. It came from the book of Matthew. But James Taylor tells it in his own words. Hear those words now. Those magic men, the magi, some people call them wise, or oriental, or kings. Anyway, those guys. They visited with Jesus. They sure enjoyed their stay. And warmed in a dream of King Herod's scheme, they went home by another way. Now his song goes on to talk about the gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. Um, we even hear a reference to the Luke version of the Magi story where Herod slaughtered the innocents, where he killed all the baby boys under the age of two, as trying to prevent the prophet's predictions of a new king from coming true. It's a beautiful song, and I still have a little problem with the music media. I've never understood how they could ignore such a beautiful ballad to start with, and how it's such a great story because it tells the rest of the story. See, the, the arrival of the Magi came after they followed a, the light of a star. And that reminds us that with the birth of Jesus, a light has dawned, a light that will never be extinguished. It's a light of faith. It's one of hope. It's one of joy that shines in the darkness that can afflict this world. This is a light that led people to drop everything in their lives and go follow Jesus. It's a light that allowed him to heal the sick and to give sight to the blind. It's a light that carried Jesus through the horrors of a trial and through the agony of death on a cross. There are so many places in the life of Jesus that that life could have been extinguished. It's a story that could have easily been derailed. If the disciples had not heard the calling of Jesus, or if they had said no, what if Jesus had been prevented from doing healing? What if he had been arrested before his ministry really took hold in his community? What if the Magi had not heeded the warning that came in their dream and had returned to Herod? And Herod had used that information to locate the baby Jesus. What if Jesus had been killed as an infant? 
See, the Magi were not there only to celebrate the birth of this baby, but they played a pivotal role in the protection of God's divine plan. God used them to further his story, to set a course for generations to come of people who would hear and heed his calling. I'm not certain that these guys get the recognition they deserve. Think about how long they had been traveling. They they were moving toward this event based on nothing but the faith in a celestial event. And they were joyfully arriving at the end of their journey. But you know, we say that's the end of their journey. But in fact, the time spent worshiping that baby and delivering their gifts, that wasn't the end of their journey. They still had to return back to their home country. They had to go home. And they didn't get to remain in the presence of that royal beauty bright where that star is shining down its radiance. They didn't get to enjoy all the beauty that it brought. They still had to get back up on a camel and ride home. And then they were told they couldn't even go home by the way that they had come. They had to go home a different way, a way they didn't know. And once they returned home, what do you think their life was like? Do you think they were changed by their journey? Were they changed by the star? Were they changed because they defied Herod? We really don't know what happened to the Magi once they got back home. We're not privy to that part of the story. We can only imagine. But I think the message of the epiphany is about this going home by another way. It's about avoiding Herod. It's about journeying with joy and anticipation and wonder and following the light of Christ. We get little glimpses of Christ in our life all the time, and especially at Christmas time. We smile a little bit more. We're a little nicer. We may go to church a little more. We may read our Bible a little more. We might give to the needy a little more. But, you know, there are still Herods in our lives. There's violence in our world. There's divisiveness. There's broken relationships. There are leaders who don't have our best interest at heart. There are voices that can lead us into temptation, into greed, into lust, can lead us into sin. When confronted by Herod, the Magi chose to listen to a voice that was good and was true. When we hear voices, we hear sometimes that little pinprick from our consciousness. It's saying, do this, don't do that. Watch out, go this way, no, go this way. What does it mean to go home by another way for you? Does it mean turning over a new leaf? in this new year. Maybe it's resolving to be more forgiving, to be more patient, to be more understanding of people's fears and of the needs of others. Maybe it means identifying and leaving behind the Herods that are in your world. 
It's turning around. It's going another way. That may be the strongest message that we receive from the Magi. So how do we know what voice is genuine? Which is the joy, the voice that's giving us joy and pointing us toward truth and toward goodness? Our spiritual discipline for this month is guidance. And as we try to connect with the voice of goodness, we need to be able to discern what is the truth. The wonderful Howard Thurman wrote these beautiful words about guidance. There is something in every one of you that waits and listens for the sound of the genuine in yourself. It is the only true guide you will ever have. If you cannot hear it, you will all of your life spend your days at the ends of strings that someone else pulls. As a response for this week, I would ask you to reflect on how you listen for the genuine. How do you search for your other way home? I would suggest that you try reading your Bible, that you listen to the voices that you trust, those who care more about you than they care for themselves. Join a class. Spend some time in conversation, which means spend some time in prayer with a God who loves you and wants only the very best for you. I'd say heed these closing words of the last verse from James Taylor. It says, it's best to go home by another way, home by another way. We got this far by a lucky star, but tomorrow is another day. We can make it another way, safe home, as they used to say, and go home by another way. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen.